Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Hello to the kids. Hello to the listeners. Hello to you, Brian. Sup, kids. Sup, kids. Hey, Pat. What's up? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So housekeeping, because we we want to dive right in. Housekeeping. We have got a Gmail account to give out. We want to give it out. We want to do it right at the head, right at the top of the show this time. Hit us up in your spare time at vicariouslivingpod.com. Nope. Vicarious living. <laughs> VicariousLivingPod at gmail.com. It's at gmail, kids. So kids, hit us up. You know what I would love to get is some stories. I would love to get some OC stories. Like, hey, you know what? Back in the day, we used to get together with Timmy and Jimmy and Stevie and Mikey and Brody and Scotty. And we all got together and watched the OC. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's on us to bring the OC loving community together. We want to bring it together. Bring it right together. Get a nice forum where everybody can share stories and thoughts about the the greatest teen drama that's ever been. Or like, hey, I didn't actually watch it back in the day, but I heard it was the greatest show ever created in human history. And so what I did was, is I watched it a couple years ago. And now I just want to tell you about how I was watching it, you know, when I got back to my college dorm. At the age of 21, and I had some hours to kill, so I just burned through a bunch of episodes. That's the first housekeeping point before we dive in. Second housekeeping point, I would be remiss if I didn't give a couple shout-outs, because I got some good feedback this week. Oh, you did? From a couple of our key listeners. Excellent. Now, these listeners, they're taking us domestic across the entire continental U.S. Mm. One is from Denver, Colorado. Oh, great state. Great state. This girl's name is Lauren S. Big time shout out. Used to work with her. She is one mean bitch in hey, a Lauren. good way. Hey, Lauren S. Hey, Lauren S. You actually might have met her. She was at my wedding. Cool. We probably did. You probably did meet. I was also at her wedding. Excellent. Um, no, actually, she did have a really good point. Speaking of weddings, though, she said, when Pat, you have an upcoming wedding with the intern Whitney. That's true. And she said, you know, July 19th, 2019, mark it down. Yeah, mark it down, Lauren S. If you want to come out from Denver, Colorado, we'd love to have you there. She said, you should have an, a Caleb themed, do our Caleb themed party at your wedding. That would be cool. Well, we're definitely going to be having white lights. White lights. You would have obviously cilantro wouldn't be anywhere near the building, but yeah. maybe. As far as I know, it's not going to be. Yeah. Um, so white lights, a bunch of Dom Perignon. And then, you know, what would be really sweet is if you had all the dudes in your wedding wear Burberry ties. Whoa. Like he wears. That's a thought. That is a thought. Actually, um, we're in the process of picking out a tie, so I'm going to be looking into it. Okay. Second shout out. This takes us to Bentonville, Arkansas. Mm. That's how wide and the, the breadth of our reach on this podcast is really reaching all ends of the country. National platform. This is this is Becky M. Hey Becky M. You remember her? She was also at my wedding. She's my alternative friend. 
She's covered in tattoos. In a good way. She's my alternative friend. Sup, Becky. We also love you. Okay. That's it for the shout-outs. I want to go into the OC now. Are you ready? Yeah. We're going to do three episodes tonight. So, one is the first one. Starts out. Episode 20. OC Confidential. Second one is 21, which is Return of the Nana. And third one is The Showdown. Mm-hmm. So... Let's just kick it off. Let's just go because there's so much to cover and goddamn, these episodes were heavy. They were very heavy. I was, yeah, yeah, I'm wrung out after watching these. <clears throat> some of these episodes are light and we have fun with them and then some you just realize we're, we're going to have to tackle the tough, hard issues. Uh, a lot of these episodes, there's a lot of uh, alcoholism, a lot of infidelity. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna t- look. You know what? We're not sh- we're not gonna shy away from the tough issues on this podcast. We're gonna fucking go at them head on, and we're really gonna fucking tackle them. If we mishandle these issues, just forgive us. We're not pros. Or get at us at uh, vicariouslivingpod uh, at gmail dot com. Yeah, yeah, either way, definitely. Well, do the do the email. Okay, so OC Confidential episode twenty. Um, Sandy is, is trying to get Trey off of the whole, if, if you remember when we last left off, Trey, total chivalry move. He said, cuff me pigs, fucking 5-0, fucking put the cuffs on me because I'm not, and Atwood's not going to sit here and let some ladies get locked up. Yep. And so he did it. And so now... <laughs> that was just another loop on the emotional Trey uh, Atwood roller coaster. Yeah. He's on a high right there. He was on a high, and then then reality kicks in of, oh, fuck, well, I guess now I need to deal with the ramifications of, now I'm going to jail for fucking (laughs) dealing ecstasy. Was trying to look cool for a second there, uh, and now I might have to go to jail for no reason. Yeah, I didn't think that one through, did you, bud? Um, So, it, it leads me to my first point, which is... As Ryan and Marissa and the whole squad, the whole the whole team of kids, is getting together to they gotta find a scapegoat to get Trey out of jail. They gotta find some like fucking lame ass dudes and say, Oh, you know what? Trey actually just said that in the heat of the moment. He actually wasn't the drug dealer. It was this guy, fucking probably Derek. By the way, I don't know much about the legal system, but I feel like it's pretty hard to like back out of a confession. Yeah, like if you full on confess yeah. to a crime and then you're just like, just kidding, I was actually lying to you. Yeah, I don't think that they're cool with it usually. So Sandy sucks at being a lawyer, but I guess if you just have um, not the full weight of the judicial system like going against you, it's like Sandy's going against like uh, these these little tykes, little tykes uh, judicial processes, and it's like processes, and it's like. Well, yeah, I guess if Sandy's able to just, like, bend the law and break the law and do all these, like, random things, then I guess, yeah, he automatically just becomes a really great fucking lawyer. That's why everybody wants him. Okay. So, anyways, they're, they're, so their plan is, okay, we go to this, like, dark party. This is dark L.A. party. Yeah. There's literally no lights on. No. People are dancing, and it's like a dance scene, but there's not even, like, party dance lights. It's just basically a dark house. So we, we covered last time that the typical OC parties, as we know, it's got a lot of the... Mm-hmm. 
the, oh, let me round out the context on this. So they have to go to this party to find a scapegoat. So they find some guy who's probably named Derek or something, probably plays on the water polo team, and they got to be able to show the DA that Derek supplied the drugs. It wasn't Trey, and then all of a sudden, Trey's just off the hook, out of jail. That's how easy it is. And so they go to this party, and it's this dark L.A. party. It's the dark side of teen L.A. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, these are the bad kids. These are the bad. These are the bad kids, and I and it and I was. And mind you, the good kids are doing cocaine out in the open, right? In their bikinis, at like normal high school kids at the party. Sure. So these are the bad kids. Sure. So it's interesting because I actually feel like we were at one dark side of LA party when we were there. Do you remember this? Um, no, but I'll say yes. Remember this that night that we went over to those kids' apartment? You weren't there that night. Where were you? I hadn't gotten to the L.A. yet. Oh, my God. Okay. So, I guess... You're on your own on this one. I'm sorry. You weren't there this night, but this was one of the most nervous I've ever been in my entire life. You know, like, sometimes you're just, like, in a situation, and you can just feel it's like, this is a bad situation. I should get out of this. Spidey sense. Yeah. It's like, it's tingling. Your, your spidey sense is tingling, and you're like... I don't, maybe something bad might not happen, you know, it might not happen, but it feels like if something bad's going to happen, it's going to be tonight here. And I'm going to get blamed for all of it. So it was like this dude that we were just like sort of staying with in LA and he like, he's like, oh yeah, these are my bros. These are my friends. Like, and none of us knew his friends. And so like, we were like, "Mm, I mean, none of, who is this? It's like, dude, these guys are cool, man. These guys are cool. And so we went to this fucking party and we show up. And it's like in the hills, but it's, it's not like cool hills, like the Lauren Conrad hills, like with Heidi and stuff, you know, it's not like that. It's like dark everywhere. There's no lights. And we go into this part, this house and this kid's parents are just, they're not there. They're like out of town or something. And it's just like him and a few of his like dude bros. And they seem sketchy as fuck. All the lights were off in the house. It's like this house up in like the hills and it's in the middle of nowhere. All the lights are off and it's just these kids like sitting around drinking quietly in the shadows in this house. And we walk in. We thought we were going to like a party. A lot of people, whatever. And we walk in and it's just like these four sketchy dudes sitting and drinking quietly in the shadows. And so we walk in and I'm like, dude, what's the win here? Why are we here? What is the win? The win is we don't get raped and murdered here tonight. They offer you any brew? So yeah, they, I think so. And then we were sitting there and then... Were they, were they cool dudes? They're getting like blacked out drunk. No, dude. <laughs> there were probably at least three-fourths of the dudes at this part, at this little weird shady hang had fedoras on. So three of the four yeah. had fedoras? Yeah. Okay. And so like eventually me and, our, and, and, and Mike, our friend... We were like, we both sensed it, and we're like, we need to just get out of here. That, that This is not what we thought. We need to get the fuck out of here. The guy, so we're like, all right, dude, we're just going to grab a cab. We'll find a cab. We're, we'll see you guys later. Thanks for having us. We'll, we'll check you later. The guy's like, no, hey, hey, don't leave. And we're like, mm, no, I appreciate it. Thank you, but yeah, we're, we're good. He's like, hey, don't leave, guys. We're like. It's fine, man. We're, Listen, we're good. I we're out of like here. I'm in a scary movie right now. So yeah. I'm just going to get a cab. So he's like, well, fine. I'll, if you don't, don't get a fucking cab around here, man. It's impossible. I'll just drive you. He's blacked out drunk at this point, mind you. 
So we're like, it's good, man. So anyways, he essentially like forces us into this car. It's like his dad's SUV like Mercedes. And there's a TV on the front dash. So he's driving us blacked out drunk around the darkened hills of Los Angeles. No, like barely any streetlights, whatever. And he's driving us around at like 50 miles an hour through like residential curvy neighborhoods up in like these cliffs. There's cliffs and hills and all this. And we're all freaking out. We're all just like, we're all convinced we're going to die. He's sitting there. He has the TV on as he's driving. And he's changing channels on the fucking TV as he's driving us around blacked out at night. We're all so nervous. We've been saying this whole car ride, hey man, just drop us here. We're going to get a cab from here. Drop us here. Drop us here. And he wouldn't do it. Eventually we get to a stoplight and we literally unlock the door (laughs) and just jump out of the car in the middle of the road. And then he opens the window. He's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And we're like, hey man, don't worry about it. We actually were the part the next place we're going is right around here. So thanks for the ride. Appreciate it. And then we just kind of started running away. (laughs) I'm glad to see that you did that because you're here alive with me. Oh man. So it, it, it was interesting when I was watching that scene. I'm like, there is a dark side, LA dark side with teens. And, uh, it's scary. You found it. <laughs> scary. So anyways, side tangent over. Oh, I was, I was going to add in, uh, there is one line that I, there's, I'm still in my mind. I'm still back at that oh, scary party. Yeah. The, uh, the girl that OD in the pool from the previous episodes comes up and she's all, she's all excited. Mm-hmm. She's candy flipping. Apparently. Oh yeah, that's right. This is this is something that I think the show might have made up. I don't really know. I've never really heard of it. So I'm not big into the drug scene. Uh, candy flipping. What is that? She tells us. Oh uh, yeah. She, What's her definition of it? As she's on LSD and mushrooms. <laughs> okay. Which okay. just sounds like the worst time. LSD and mushrooms is candy flipping. Apparently, this is the girl who OD'd on ecstasy the previous weekend. Now she's candy flipping. It seemed like candy flipping would be like like with ecstasy though, because we already know she does ecstasy, and that was last week. That's old news. I know, but I just think of like ecstasy; they're little pills, like mushrooms and LSD. Those aren't pills. I think of candy flipping like you're you're flipping Smarties, you know, little little candies. LSD could little be drug on Smarties. Candies. I don't know what else. <laughs> I don't know too much about. Okay, so yeah, interesting. She's they're candy can- flipping. They're candy flipping. Yeah, it, it, that's the vibe. That's the vibe of the party. Everybody's on fucking mushrooms, which that's just a bad, bad, so I guess bad party. That's what makes it a dark side LA party. The the light side LA party. Kids, parties, if you're gonna do mushrooms, do them while you're camping in the woods. Don't do them at a party while you're also doing LSD. Oh, that's an interesting. Tip. That's a tip for the kids. Just a quick one. Kids, if you're gonna do it, do what Patcha said. Um, so yeah, I guess the light side of LA parties. It's just you know, it's fun. It's cocaine and it's weed and it's fun. But then the dark side gets into these exotic drugs like LSD and mushrooms. Which apparently combined is candy Candy flipping. Okay, yeah. Um, So then there's another storyline happening and it's between Carter and Kirsten. I cannot emphasize this enough. This is going to rear its ugly head. But we have to mention the Trey shit and we have to mention the Carter and Kirsten stuff because essentially what's happening in there is there's just this crazy amount of flirtation going on between Carter and Kirsten. And it's clear, it's like two people that they're loving the taboo. They're loving it. The whole relationship is built on this taboo. It, yeah, 
It's almost like if you ever break down that taboo wall, they would immediately just be not attracted to each other. Yeah. They need it to survive. It's the host to their bacteria to survive. Yeah. They go on this, like, what I call a dream scenario for cheaters. (laughs) That's perfectly put. Why don't you lay out what the scenario is at the winery? So I guess it's a work trip. They're going to a winery to do like a, a winery review. I a think. wine is that, 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 tasting? That, that, a wine tasting. For their That's kind of the, uh, the conceit for this situation. But we've always said the most ideal situation when you're trying to like win a girl's affection or something is to, in a non-creepy way, have her trapped with you. Non-creepy way. Very non-creepy way. But this is basically, like you said, paradise for cheaters. They're away, theoretically, an hour out of town, like work event where they're just tasting wine. So next mm-hmm. thing you know, they're both raging alcoholics. They're drunk and can no longer drive home. So <clears> it's all like this flirty, like, oh, I can't drive. Can you drive? No, I've had twice as much as you. I can't drive. I guess we should just stay here. I've never seen two people, when asked if they can drive, back away from being able to drive Harder and faster. And also, it's like, what What was your plan? You drove here, and then you started drinking. You know what I think it is? So first I think point. you're going to teleport back? It's on the, they, like, they went into this cheater's paradise yeah. knowing that... Well, they didn't plan it out at all. <laughs> yeah, when you look at it <laughs> pragmatically. Like, hey, it's a wine tasting. And we're probably going to get buzzed and drunk. Maybe we should have an exit strategy. No exit strategy. None. The exit strategy was just to fucking cheat on Sandy. But here's the thing. In this cheater's paradise that they're in, when they're asked if they want to take a drive, if they want to get a car home or if they can drive home or whatever, neither of them are going to jump on that first because it's part of the taboo game. It's like you're just, as as you're in that cheating mode, you're just constantly thinking like how far I can push it. It's like a game of cheater chicken. Cheater chicken. And so what they're doing is they're like, hey, we got a car for you guys. And Carter's like, oh, should we? Well, I mean, they're like, like oh, we got a car or um, or you can just stay here in our suite and Those sleep are the it two off. Options. Those are the only two options. It's like, um, it's like the actual act of cheating they both know is bad and they can't do it. But anything leading up to that, neither of them is going to deny. That's so it's true. Like, it's like, oh, this wine event an hour outside of town where you guys get drunk just one-on-one together. That's it's not cheating yet. It's essentially like an awesome master day. You can rationalize it. All the events leading up to the physical act of cheating, yeah. you can rationalize of, hey, it was a work event. Or like, hey, we had to taste that for the magazine to see if that was good wine to promote in the magazine. They basically just back themselves into a corner, and that corner is each other's mouths. It's a dangerous game to... <laughs> It's a dangerous game, dude. The cheating game because it's like it's it's a slippery slope. You 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 butt up right against the danger zone and you go as far as you can into the danger zone of playing with taboo, playing with fire, playing with taboo, playing with fire. And then eventually though, you get to a point where there's no turning back. And that's a little seed I want to plant because I'm going to bring up another no turning back in a few minutes and I just want to plant that seed because I got a whole thing on no turning back. Anyways, to finish out this first episode of the OC Confidential, I just want to give our first clip because I, I we need to we need to lighten it up with a clip here of, of Ryan and Marissa starting to get a little percolation. Percolation's still happening. As you know that they've been toying with us for about three episodes on them like mm-hmm. having this second first kiss. By the way, their chemistry is pretty it's been good. 
Mm-hmm. And that's usually I don't like them together. It just is awkward. But for some reason, I've been liking it. Okay, so then there's this scene of them after all this stuff with Trey happens, and they finally they they do blame the drugs on another kid, this Derek kid, making that name up, but his name's probably Derek. And then there's this scene when they drop Trey off. They finally they accomplished. He's out of jail, and now it's just Ryan and Marissa sitting in the car. Here it is. Been a while since we were uh, alone. Yeah, without you know something or someone. I guess we can do whatever we want. Well, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. We've waited a really long time for this. So, do you want to stop? No, I just... I think we can do better than the front seat of Sandy's car. A guy who has a pool house on himself. You think he'd let us borrow it? Oh, yeah. Ooh, oh. Mm. Ryan's a problem solver. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, we didn't want to do it here in the car. You know where we could do this, though? Private pool house. Yep. Let's just go there. Oh, God. God. That, First I mean, kisses in that situation, you got to just be quick on your toes. Because she throws out a like, we can't do this here, and you got no ideas, then it's just like a couple seconds pass, and it's just like, what do we know about them? As soon as the moment's off, it's off. Uh huh. So yeah. it's like, he's probably like, shit, 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 shit. Oh, thank God I live in a pool house by myself. Yeah. Oh, so, thank God I have quick that. thinking by him. Yeah. On his toes, thinking right there. I, I did, the first kisses are the best, especially if like you, if it's been building like that and building, and then you have it, and it's like, because you've been trying to get with this girl for so long. You could probably think about your first kiss with intern Whitney, mm-hmm. right? Any of them, probably, throughout your whole life. Like, if it's a girl that you've been trying to get with and then you, like, have that first kiss, it sticks with you. But I wonder if the second first kiss sticks with you as much. Because this was Ryan and Marissa's second first kiss. I bet it does. Especially when it's been building like that for three episodes and that slow motion music is playing in the background. And it's in Sandy's car. Oh, yeah. Yeah, build up a little bit of taboo. Um, Okay, now, second episode, Return of the Nana. We purposely skip every Nana episode because that old lady, that old fucking bag is a wet blanket, and we don't want any time spent on that stupid bitch. I couldn't agree more. So, you know what, Nana? Fuck you. We're not doing this. You're out, Nana. The Nana has cancer, though, so. R.I.P. Well, no, she didn't die. I mean, cancer this, scare. Okay. Whatever. Who cares? I mean, this was in what? 2005. 2005. She's probably gone her by now. <laughs> She's gone. So, Nana RIP by now. We love you, Nana. Um, there is, though, to get ready for this episode, I just, it, it, it wouldn't be right unless we did this. Philly, Albuquerque, the chat time. I got the crowd yelling. Bring them out, bring them out. I'm a hot girl yelling. Bring them out, bring them out. All the dope boys yelling. Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out. That's our boy. <laughs> oh, T. man. So this episode is just all about Seth and Ryan and Sandy go to Miami to visit the Nana. So then everyone is doing nefarious things back home in the county of Orange. Mm-hmm. Everyone. 
Summer's hanging out with fucking Zach, her ex-boyfriend, while Seth's out of town. I don't wait. I, I wish. We, so we were skipping around. So hopefully you're uh, you can remember back to why they were hanging out. Do you have mm. any idea why they're hanging out? Mm. Because see me from from where I'm sitting in this chair. The fact that they were flirting, making Italian pasta together was yeah. It, up. it was something about like you know Zach just came back from Italy mm-hmm. without his sister's wedding. It was just all about like. Oh, Seth's out of town. He's doing this thing. Well, I know this like great recipe. This Italian gnocchi. I'm gonna be fucking gnocchi tonight. Gnocchi. 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 It's like an N and a Y. It's a G. Or a G. You know, whatever. We're not. Either way, he's weaseling his way back in. It's a weasel fucking bitch move, Zach. Fucking Zach's a pussy bitch. So that's how he gets. He's like, oh, well, Seth's out of town. We're just friends now, right? So friends cook dinner for each other and have tons of sexual tension. And cooking these little chef hats that are lame as fuck. So, he's doing that. Um, Marissa, again, is doing... Dude, I'm sorry, but... Marissa's hanging out with Trey when Ryan's gone. And before we get into all this, because this is where the heavy stuff happens. And I just want to give one more light thing before we get into the heavy. Okay. We, and when I say we, we, I have another LA story that you apparently were not around for. No. But what were you doing out there without me? I don't know. I don't know where you were at all these fucking things. But when I was out in LA, our good friend Mike, who lives in LA, he has an older sister who lives out there and she's an actress. She's been in some prime time television series like Grey's Anatomy. What else is she? CSI? Mad Men. Mad Men. Yeah. She's she's had so she's an actress out there, so she's got some actress friends. So I remember one of the most starstruck moments I had in my entire time there, it wasn't meeting Justin Long. It wasn't meeting Drew Barrymore. It wasn't meeting Charlize Theron. It wasn't even meeting Zac Efron or Selma Zac Efron? Yeah. Yeah. Do you touch him? I didn't touch him. I wish. Um, I also met that. Did you just like see him or did you guys talk? Remember I did that uh, that Hurt Locker premiere where um, I was the intern just being the doorstop oh, yeah, for yeah, celebrities yeah. coming in after the red carpet, and he was one of the celebrities that happened to walk right by. And when I say meet, I loosely mean it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was standing three inches away from them holding a door and maybe gave a sup as they walked by me. I was just checking. Also had a sup with one Jason Street. What? How'd that go? Was he cool? He was at that same premiere. He That was when I got moved off of the main uh, theater door that I was holding. And I went to the second theater door to hold it. And then he went to the second one because it was like a log jam at the main one. He came over with a couple of his boys and walked right by me. And I was like... He was walking? Yeah, dude. Miracle. That's crazy. Yeah, he had That's his Hollywood legs. Magic. I couldn't believe That's it. That's Hollywood magic for you. I couldn't believe it to see him walking again. But yeah, Jason Street walked by me, and he just, I was staring right at him, all, like starstruck. And at first, yeah, I was just thinking like, you got legs? You got legs? And then the second thing I, I was, so I couldn't say anything. So I was sitting there starstruck, just looking at this guy who was walking on two legs. And he, I clearly, he was a little awkwarded out. And I, and like, so he walked right by me, and he was just like, what's up, man? <laughs> he got the vibe off you, man. What's up, man? Yeah, he was a little weirded out. But freaked him out. I couldn't. It, it was it was too much. Anyways, <laughs> sorry, Street. It's just too much. 
This is too much, man. Last I saw you, Tim Riggins had dropped you off in some weird fucking town in Texas in a wheelchair to go live with your baby's mama. Anyways, so the main celebrity sighting, though, I had was Mike's sister, who's an actress. We went over, We, me and Mike, we would always go over and just swim. She was in an apartment, and uh, there was a rooftop pool. And we would always just go over there, and we would swim in a rooftop pool. And one day when we went over there, one Jamie King. Shout out Jamie King. Shout out Jamie King. She was just hanging out there with Mike's sister in the apartment. And I was so fucking starstruck. Mike had no idea who she was. But I was, I handled it like a fucking kid meeting, you know, his hero. Did you bring up the OC? I, again, I just clusterfucked out. Cool? I didn't say anything. Jesus. I clusterfucked out. You could have gotten some good nuggets for the podcast that you were going to do in the future. I clusterfucked out and I, I just, okay. I kept pulling Mike aside and I kept saying like, dude, do you know who that is? Do you know who this is? I'd be like, uh... Two for the money with Al Pacino and Matt McConaughey? She had sex with Matthew McConaughey in a car <laughs> in Two for the Money. She was also in, let me just list some of her movies Please that she's do, been yeah. in. Sin City. Great movie. What's she playing that? I don't know. Okay. Um, Blow. She's in Blow. She's the daughter at the end of Blow who comes in. His daughter's all grown up mm-hmm. and sees him in jail. That's her. That's crazy. Pearl Harbor? Ever heard of it? Heard of it. She dies in Pearl Harbor? A lot of people did. <laughs> um, and just saw this. One of her recent credits. Ocean's 8. <laughs> Working with Sandra Bullock. No She's big still deal. at it. She's yeah, still in the game. She's still at it, crushing it. Anyways, I was so starstruck. Didn't say anything to her. Real tall drink of water she is. She looks tall on the show. Very tall. Yeah. She's probably, I mean, she's taller than Seth, and he's like six foot or six one. Maybe she had heels on. But anyways, I was so starstruck. I just remember her leaving the apartment at one point to go talk on the phone in the hallway. And I just kept thinking, oh, she's probably, she's probably doing like L.A. Hollywood She's probably stuff. doing deals, yeah. She's probably like doing deals. That's very cool. She's probably on a phone with an agent. <laughs> Is that an agent? Was that your agent? <laughs> Was that your... <laughs> Anyway, she's in this episode, and uh, whatever. Who cares? I'll skip past this episode. But we got to get into the tough stuff. Let's we don't, do it. Let's wade in. We don't shy away. We don't shy away from the tough issues here at the Vicarious Living Podcast. We deal with them head on. Mm-hmm. We do. There's this clip, and I got to play it because, again, this is going to provide context to the entire rest of this season. We, we have to know. We have to know what's happening here, and the kids have to know. The kids have to know to avoid these situations, kids. You got to steer clear of them. Here's the clip. It's when Marissa's hanging out with Trey, and they're at his apartment, and he did a bunch of cocaine. He did a bunch of cocaine. They've both been drinking, probably straight vodka, and then they go to get some air because Trey's getting a little handsy in the apartment, and they go get some air, and then they go down to the beach. And then there's this scene. Hey, you know, when I'm with you, I feel like I can do anything, and uh, I've, n- I've never felt that way before. That's sweet. You know, we're not so different. You know, me? Hey, you know, I think 
Maybe it's watching it here you could hear a fucking pin drop yeah because in this scene we realize that there's a pretty good chance that trey is just a straight up monster yeah it's tough it's just tough to watch because it's like you were kind of rooting for trey a little bit oh yeah he had just come off his big victory and you're like oh finally he's getting his shit together he might actually be a good person you're watching it and you're going he might just be another ryan situation like he was from the wrong side of the tracks, and the cards were stacked against him. He was born into a really bad situation, Some but breaks. Like Ryan, he got adopted by a rich, rich family, and all of a sudden it just turned it around for him. But with Trey, now we're seeing it doesn't always work to where if you pull the guy out of the situation, he's able to just get away from all of his old ways. Look, we talked about it last time. Whenever he's on screen, you're just out of control nervous like oh what's he gonna do what's he gonna say i know where's this gonna go and this was like as far as it could have gone mm-hmm. because apparently he's the most impulsive guy ever and they like they try to do this thing where they blame it on the fact that he was on cocaine and all that stuff but i don't i don't really think that makes a difference he's a bad guy dude he's just a bad guy he's just a bad human there's, being there's no coming back for that no he's a bad character that's why the worst part about this whole thing is it, it puts marissa into the worst position possible because now she has this secret, and she she literally cannot tell Ryan. Because, I know, yeah, I know. Like then, uh, who knows what Ryan's gonna do? She's in a tough. You're right. She's in such a tough. She basically spot. just has to keep it herself. She's in, yeah. She's in such a tough spot because it's like I don't want to fuck like Ryan and his brother. They've had a tough past, and things are starting to turn around for them, and they're mending their relationship, and she doesn't want to ruin that. But at the same time, it's like, hey. This guy just full-on fucking attacked yeah. you. Which, you gotta say something. I think that's the worst part about this sexual assault kind of stuff. Because in like Marissa's situation, you feel all this weird shame. Like, that. You, like if you do say anything to anybody, then it's like... It's yeah, shameful embarrassed. in a way. You're, You're embarrassed. like embarrassed. Yeah. So like, it's easier probably to just bury it. But you can't bury it, dude. Because it's just like you have PTSD from it. And f- first off, she has like physical marks. She's yeah, that's all it's over. like a physical thing like... You beat me up, you tried to rape me, and now if I ever get this off my chest, then I'm like... I fuck up my my boyfriend and brother's relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. No, so here's the thing. You know what? I'm going to give Marissa a break this week. She had a tough week, 
and I'm not going to pound on it. I'm not going to compile an add-on to it. So this week, as I get into my MCITW, brought to you by Wicklowware. That's W-I-C-K-L-O-W-O-Ware. Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear at Wicklowware.com. Type in VL at checkout. Get the fucking discounts, 10% off your entire order. I'm actually going to give Marissa a break this week. Nice. I'm not... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pound in on her. It's big of you, Marissa. You get a break. Um, I want to give another thing. I, 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 I'll give Schwartz some props because Schwartz ended this episode in such an impactful way. He did that scene just so the listeners have a view of that that attack scene. He cut that and edited that so well to where. We were sitting here so anxious and nervous watching it. It like he had a herky jerky camera. The music was like ominous. It, it it makes you feel like you were like there and witnessing it. And he just crushed it. And then he, this, I'm gonna okay. I just got play. I got play another clip. Schwartz does this at the end of this scene. <laughs> It was the waves in the ocean lapping while he was sulking that... Yeah, no, the, the visual on that last scene, that clip we just played, is he's just sitting on the beach. He's just sitting there with his arms like kind of like on his knees and he's like looking down and his phone's just ringing and it's Ryan calling him. And they don't... For like one of the only times I've ever seen an OC episode end, they didn't play any music. They just... Oh, I didn't even notice There that. was no music. That's heavy. And it was just the phone ringing, the ocean waves crashing down, and you just feel the weight and magnitude of the situation that he put himself in. And it's ominous. Ominous as fuck. Should we get light here? I want to get a little light here. Sounds let's let's turn the page on that darkness. Uh, well, that's the second Does that episode. ever come back up again in like the next episode or anything? What? The fact that that happened between Trey and Marissa. <laughs> yeah, it's the entire fucking episode. It's the entire episode 22 of okay, the showdown. Is, that's why I, I was pretty sure that was the case. It seemed like there was some unresolved stuff there. I just wanted to make sure. That's why we got to play that clip, though. Because while it's not fun, and kids, we're sorry we had to do it, kids. But it's not fun to play those clips. But the entire rest of this OC season 2 is predicated and built upon the foundation of this shit. So we have to play it so that everyone knows what's up. So let me lighten it up. Before we get into episode 22, the last one we're going to do, the showdown, I wanted to lighten it up because, you know, we were talking about no turning back earlier. I planted that seed. And then we have another no turning back moment, and that's fucking assault. Yeah. There's no turning back on fucking physical assault. I want to give some no turning backs that I have been compiling a list of over the past few months. In your own life or just the show? Just in life. Okay. But these aren't heavy no turning backs. These are light no turning backs. Ooh. So I just want to put these out to you. And kids, if you hear any of these and you think, 
you know what? This would be a great time for the kids to send us, or just non-kids, any listeners, send us an email, vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com, if you have any other no-turning-backs. Let me give you a couple examples, and then kids get us if you think of any other examples that we can add to our list. Right now, Brian's going into his phone, getting mm-hmm. this list out. I kind of like that you have a, you keep a little diary, it looks like. Yeah. I like that about you. Okay, so, first and foremost, no turning back. These are all things that once you do, there's really no going back. It's kind of like a life choice that there's no real way to like get back out of it. First thing I had on this. Leaving comments on porn videos. Mm-hmm. There's no really turning back from that. Nope, you're that guy now. Yeah, I mean, most you know, most everyone watches porn, but no one's really commenting on the videos. <laughs> you just gotta watch it, do thing. Unless you're that fucking guy. Yeah, so that's or why. Or girl. If you're actually what or or girl or woman, it's kind of you know slightly more rare, but but it happens. I'm sure there is girls that watch porn. Probably more than want to admit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on, come on out, girls. You can talk about it. Girls, talk about it. Be open about Please it. Please just talk about it. Please um, just talk about once it. Once you leave comments on porn videos, there's no going back. It's like you've made a life choice, and you're just a douche forever. And like, I don't know what you're doing in your life. It, it just like now you're just sitting in your mom's basement, and you're just watching porn all the time and commenting on the mise en scene in the porn scenes, mm-hmm. and how the the director shot the uh, cinematography and everything. Yeah, yeah. At that at that point, you're just. You're a fucking weirdo. Okay, so then a lot of these other ones, you just stop me when you have a comment. Um, alphabetizing anything in your house. There's no turning back. I did it with DVDs. I owned 750 DVDs. Alphabetized them all. Once you start alphabetizing, you can't then just throw like an M DVD in the A section. I don't alphabetize anything, but I can totally level with you on that one. Makes sense. Third one, baby wipes for dude wiping. Once you go the baby wipe route, you do not just go back to only using TP. I have to put in the comment that, I mean, you can do it all, all you want, but it's terrible for the plumbing system of the city. You can only flush two at a time. <laughs> you got to give a courtesy flush after you put two baby wipes in there, and then you, you can't do more than that or you'll clog the pipe. So kids, when you do use baby wipes, especially the fellas, throw them in the trash. Or just only do two at a time. Be safe about it, kids. Just kidding. Don't throw them in the trash. That's disgusting. Fourth one. Cord cutting with cable and stuff. We've been watching these on Hulu. Once you get rid of satellite or cable and cut the cord and just go like all streaming internet TV, I don't think you go back. You're not going to wire back up. Occasionally Spectrum calls me asking if I want back in and I hang up. Yeah, you tell Spectrum to fuck off Absolutely. and we're fine telling spectrum to fuck off because you know what we never want you as a sponsor fuck spectrum fuck jamba juice any other people we want to tell to fuck off sponsor wise uh venus and serena williams and venus and serena williams any products you're pushing fuck off we got sponsors wicklow wear they're good to us um okay another one listening to audiobooks love listening to audiobooks there's no going back to regular reading, no. I don't think. No. <laughs> I tried. Neither of us really list, uh, read real books. We just listen to books now. Now, this this is actually a point of contention. Are you, if you're an audiobook guy, are you allowed to say, I read a book? Or do you have to every single time, uh, yeah. do you have to every single time make the distinction that you listen to that book? I think you do. 
Because I actually, I don't like when people say, I just read that book. I've been trying to get better about saying I listened to it. Just say it. I mean, hey, I listened to this audiobook. Just say that. You don't, don't try and be all highfalutin telling us that you're reading words on pages. Yeah. You know, like, I, don't, I don't care. Um, reward programs with like travel and flights and everything. Hotels. I haven't gotten onto this, but. When you travel, cool. when you travel a lot for work like I do, it's now. If I ever go somewhere and I don't use Delta, or I don't stay at a Marriott, or I don't use a Hertz for my rental car, I feel like I'm just leaving fucking meat on the bone. Like I'm leaving value out there on the table to add into my, my stockpile of points. So that's one. Auction fantasy drafts, that's just a quick one. That's a, for the fellas. Yeah, Once you go auction, go you don't go back to the snake draft. Uh, so far in 2018, it's slim fit jeans. You don't really go back to loose fit. Maybe by, in a few years. By the way, I have to let you know, I'm paranoid that that slim fit jeans are going to go back out of style. They will. Which, what's going to happen is I'm going to be like late to the game on knowing about this. So Showing gonna, your dick bulge and stuff. So and I'm no going to be in public it. because it was like, once you started going a little slimmer at first, it was uncomfortable. You're like, uh-oh, yeah. this is kind of weird. And you're like, I guess it's the style. So yeah. it's fine. I'll go out with it. But then imagine the the world where you're out in public and then you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I've been wearing these fucking tight-ass jeans for the last year and it's not cool anymore. Yeah. So not, so. Yeah. No. I, I, I just mean, know that one of these days I'm going to be in public with like jeans on that are fairly tight. Yeah. Like this pair right here. Yeah. See what I'm working with? I could see your fucking mushroom tip. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I'm going to realize that, oh shit, this isn't cool again. And I'm basically going to be the equivalent of a guy wearing like Junko jeans, mm. except I'm wearing tight jeans and look like an idiot. You're going to realize when you're at the party that you're the only one at the party that everyone can see the exact shape and outline of his dick and dickhead and pee hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And everyone else will just have their dick tucked These away. These jeans are so tight that you can basically see like an inch up my pee hole. And I can especially see it because you're sitting like spread eagle. Well, yeah, that's just how comfortable. Yeah. So, okay, last couple ones. I just want to give them a couple more, and then we'll get back to the OC. Uh, working from home. Yeah. <laughs> Real tough to go back. There's no turning back once you start working from home. We both work from home, and I'd, I think I'm ruined for a regular job. Last one I want to say, friend zone. Ooh. Friend zone with the ladies. Once you've been friend zoned, you guys are never going to date. So, kids, if you ever get friend zoned, kids... Just cut bait and fucking bounce because you know what? That girl's never going to be into you. True. We can both say that from experience. Get out of there, kids. Get out of there, kids. Okay, back to the OC. Last one. The Showdown. Episode 22. So Trey and Marissa, they're dealing with a lot of that shit. We just went into that in detail. I'm going to skip that for a second. I want to touch back into the Kirsten and Sandy thing and Carter thing. Mm-hmm. Because there's been... triangle. God. I... Kirsten Cohen. Shame on you. Shame on you, but also no shame on the actress playing her. Because she she deserves an Emmy. It's just she's playing this as someone who's so emotionally distraught and dealing with so many complex emotional, mental issues with the Carter thing. And, you know, just keep in mind, I know we have been shitting on Kirsten for fucking around with this Carter guy and the taboo at the winery and everything, but... Keep in mind that Sandy started this, and I do not want to go through a Vicarious Living podcast on the OC without fucking shitting on Sandy. 
Yeah, it would be a weird episode if that didn't happen. Sandy is the reason that Kirsten's doing this shit. So is this, this doesn't really feel like a revenge cheat. And I think she said it in this episode, like when Sandy was uh, fucking around with Rebecca or whatever the hell was going on with that. She thought that she like, oh, I lost Sandy. Like yeah. he's not mine anymore. So I, maybe she like emotionally moved on a little bit. And now this, like, it just so happened the timing worked out where this new, like, kind of cooler Sandy moved in. Taller. Taller. Hotter. Hotter. Cool beard. Cooler facial hair. Tighter pants. More of a rebel. Gets drunk all the time. Gets drunk all the time. He's fun. Yep. Yeah. Kirsten laugh. Mm-hmm. Like, Kirsten thinks Sandy's, like, just cheesy. And it's just, like, she laughs. To, to despite herself. He is, dude. He's but anytime lame. Carter opens her, uh, like his mouth, she is just fucking weak. So weak. She likes him. Oh, God. Anytime Carter opens his mouth, she needs to go to the bathroom and make an underpant change. Mm-hmm. And when she's walking to the bathroom, she's serpentine fucking, you know, her legs are, her legs are wobbly. And she's serpentine making her way there because her knees are so weak. So her underpants are wet, her knees are weak, and Carter's doing that to her. But you know what? In Sandy's defense, that's a 20-year marriage. So it's not hard for some new fucking hot young thing to come in. (laughs) I say hot young thing before in like the 40s. (laughs) It's not rare to have some young buck... Come in. 41-year-old coming into a 50-year-old relationship that's been going on 20 years and starting to fucking... Yeah, he's got new freshness on his side. He's cooler and hotter, and he's got the taboo. Yeah, he's got all that working for him. And the booze, because they're always shit-faced. But to your point, I I don't blame Kirsten, though, because it's like, Sandy, I think Kirsten did. She looked at it, and she's like, I lost Sandy. Like, clearly, he's been dabbling with multiple girls now, dude. Keep in mind, there was that Rachel. first Rachel chick in season crawling one. At him. Crawling at him. Making us soft in our tight jean underpants. You will not see any outlines of our dicks or any outlines of our mushroom tips in our pants because our dicks have retracted into our body when we watch Rachel crawling at Sandy in season one. Bad move. Grow the fuck up, lady. Second one, Rebecca comes into the mix. And I don't blame Kirsten for like, okay, clearly Sandy's like got his eyes on other prizes. Yeah, but it's it's definitely not like a revenge, like uh, an eye for an eye thing. No, it's like, like, oh, like oh, I lost my around, husband. So now I'm going to fuck around and get mine. It's very much like... No, I, you know what? I actually have completely turned around on this because I was blaming Kirsten, but now I'm, I'm back to just blaming fucking Sandy full on. If I'm Kirsten... And your husband has just been having multiple, multiple situations with other co-workers and ladies and working late at night with them and staying in hotels with them, getting high with them and fucking getting drunk with them and flirting with them and stuff. Then it's like, you know what? I'm not trying to be spiteful and go hook up with other dudes, but this guy's showing me attention, Sandy, and you're fucking not. You're not showing me any attention. Speaking of... Sandy is basically he's like gone cold. He's got he's like a limp fish right now. Yeah, and I and I don't know why. I can't figure it out. What's a limp fish? Because just like a like a dead ass limp fish. Like shake my hand. Oh, right now this is Sandy. 
Could you hear how awkward that was Ooh, over the yeah. phone? That, that's yeah. that's Sandy's personality right now. And but it's just called a dead fish. Oh, dead fish. Dead He's fish a fucking hand. dead fish. Yeah, either way, I like it better. <laughs> so, as, I like it better I, as limp fish. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to you about... I feel like he is, however, I don't know if it's on purpose or accidentally, He's pl- Sandy is playing the situation perfectly. Because oh, I, I mean, like, he's up, like she's like, oh, I'm hanging out with Carter, and he's like, oh, Carter, yeah, he's great, you know, maybe we'll set him up for a date. And there's no, <laughs> there's not a hint of jealousy. And every single time she brings up Carter or she's doing something, with she's Carter, looking for a little life out of him. He's dude. looking, she's looking for him to get jealous. Yeah, but he doesn't. And my question to you is, is that because he feels guilty, or is he just clueless? Does he feel guilty about the whole? Rachel and Rebecca thing. It's because or he's... Or is... So he's like, oh shit, I was fucking around so I'm not going to jump down her throat. Or is it like, he knows what's going on. He's like, my strategy is I got to just not be no, jealous. I'm not, I'm not going to give Sandy the benefit of the doubt and say he's got any fucking strategy. I'm not going to do that. I hate Sandy now. I kind of wish I didn't own a shirt with his face on it now. I'll take it. No, no, no. I'm actually not going to get rid of that ever. So okay. I want to take that. I want to take that back. I want to take that back. I shouldn't have said that. I, I said that in anger. That was fucked up. That was heat in the moment. I'll never give that shirt away. I'll have that forever. Maybe I'll t- I'm still holding out that I'll turn back around on Sandy. But it, anyways, in this situation, I think he does feel a little guilty. He feels guilty that he's been doing on this. And he's like on eggshells, dude. If you've been like fucking around with other girls, yeah. you don't want to like... So the last thing you want to do is, uh, is accuse your wife of... But at the same time, I think she's also looking for a little fucking fire to say like, okay, he's back. He, he, he's, he didn't fuck, he fucked around with a couple of these girls, but now he's back. He could, so I, okay, I'm doing a 180 on my opinion here. I thought he's been playing it perfect because he's like acting like there's nothing going on and acting totally clueless about the whole thing. But I feel like he could have avoided that whole kiss that we saw. Hmm. Between Kirsten and her new 6'3 boy toy yes, by it. just getting fucking fiery and jumping down his throat. Like, stay the fuck away from... Mm-hmm. I feel like she would have been like, oh, that's that's my fucking... He's corny. fighting for that's me That's my bagel schmearing man. <laughs> that's my guy. <laughs> that's the bagel schmear himself, Sandy Cohen. So, note to self. If a guy's about to try and get your girl, fuck him up. Fucking fuck him up. Yeah. All right. Gonna have to start working out. I guess so. I guess we're going to start lifting and stuff. Yeah. Damn it. Fuck. Damn it. Maybe just... Well, maybe we'll just do like push-ups. Yeah. We don't need to like lift free weights. That sounds good. Maybe go on some runs. Do some protein shakes. Yeah, we'll just drink a lot of protein. We don't... That's what I think. You you just need to drink protein. I don't think you actually need to work out. If you just drink protein, you'll get ripped. That's science. We all know that. Okay, let's get off of that. Let's get off of it. I, I think... Point is... We need to see a little more life out of Sandy. Yeah. And Kirsten's begging for, for a little fucking life down there in his underpants. And, and she's not getting it. Yep. And she does kiss Carter. She has one kiss with him. And then she breaks it off. And she's like, okay, I'll see you later. And I think that's when she knows I went too far. I went too far. Um, okay. Let's get off of them. Let, uh, we haven't even talked about Caleb. Another fucking man of, the, of our year. Yeah. The man of the year. The man. Him and Julie, I'm just going to play a quick clip here. Let's just break it up and have another clip. Here it is. This is this is between Julie, who's dealing with some shit with Caleb. They're starting to get into some divorce stuff. And uh, because, he, a little context, Caleb's been 
sniffing around and Julie's now fucking around with this Lance guy who blew up the whole porn scandal with her, porn identity scandal. So then he's starting to notice that she's hanging out with this Lance guy and uh, so then there's this scene. You're divorcing me? Julie. Son of a bitch. Did you have fun watching me scramble around trying to save this marriage while you met with lawyers? Did you enjoy it? Don't be ridiculous. Okay, fine. You want out? You got it. But let me tell you something. I am going to make you pay. Prenup or no prenup, I'll bleed you dry. You won't have a pot. You'll have to explain these first. You had me followed? You have been monitored to one degree or another since before we were married. The affair you had with your former husband? Trist last year with that high schooler, Luke? Oh, my God. I mean, your daughter's boyfriend? What will people think? Ex-boyfriend. Despite all of this, I was willing to give us a chance. Until that. But nothing happened. This was just... Oh, stop it, Julie. I don't have the stomach for it anymore. I've gotten a hotel room. You have a week to find somewhere else to live. Then I want you and your daughter gone. Now get out of my office. Oh, by the way, you're fired. This is this is two people, two fucking titans, heavyweights. This is Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier, dude. You got Julie Cooper, who's like saying, "I'm gonna get you fucking, I'm gonna get fucking divorced, bitch. You're gonna try and fucking, get, you know, take pictures of me like hanging out with this Lance guy with a PI and everything. I'm gonna fucking bleed you dry, bitch." And then you got Caleb, who's like, "Oh no, you don't fucking play hardball with me." Warren. Nobody does. No one. Place hardball with me. God, who would who would you put as the the favorite in this fight of just these two fucking titans of hardball fucking going at it? I'm going Cal every single time. Yeah. By the way, um, in that scene, it was revealed that he not only knew about the Jimmy Cooper thing, but he knew about the Luke thing, and mm-hmm. still decided to marry her. Yeah. Um, but I love the fact that the straw that broke the camel's back was this Lance thing mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure it was because she was he wasn't concerned whether she was a good person or like a good soulmate or anything it was he was fine with continuing to marry over that shit but as soon as you start fucking around with his money mm. that's when yep. that's when he has a problem so yeah now, fuck your daughter's boyfriend as much as fine. you want I don't care but is if you're with some guy after he threatens to take money from my pocket 500k you're out Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of where he draws the line, and that's. I mean, don't. So, so maybe the caveat is if it's not about money, in stealing money, we would take Julie Cooper winning that battle yeah. between our hero Caleb. Right, because he wouldn't really care. Yeah, he'll he'll kind of be a pushover there, and he'll let Julie win. But if it if money's involved, you better back the fuck away, lady. He'll crush you. He'll crush you. Fuck. Oh man. Yeah, that's a good, that's good, good analytics. Um, there was a quick uh, classic OC scene that I wanted to just, we got to call it out. It's the scene where, this always happens, 
Trey went to confront Marissa about, like, Marissa, just forgive me. Fucking forgive me. And he showed up all creepily into her bedroom. And, you know, he's saying, like, forgive me, whatever. I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. Just, like, let it go. And then she's like, no, I'm not going to let it go. It's that classic OC scene of them when Trey's leaving the house. Ryan shows up, sees Trey leaving. And then he just, like, stops. Doesn't say anything. Hides in the bushes. Jumps to an insane amount of conclusions. Rightly so. He makes a big time assumption. And you know what assumptions are? They make an ass out of you, Ben Buttons McKenzie, and me. The viewers? That's what happens when you assume. By the way, DOC does this a decent amount. And like the No calls ahead. There's never a call there's ahead. Never a call. I'm pretty sure the term for this is situational irony. I'm not 100% sure, but I hate it. I hate when this happens in movies and TV shows. It never happens in real life. No, and, and you know what? This is why on contrived reality shows like Laguna Beach or The Hills or Siesta Key, any of these shows, what always happens is in real life, you'll have a lot of fights, especially with technology. <laughs> You're going to have a lot of shit happen through text, over the phone. So on these shows, they have to say, hey, you know that breakup you just had with your boyfriend via text? Over the phone or you whatever. You actually show up in real life and do it. It's got to be filmed. And hey, you did it on Tuesday at two two a.m. We, we we have to we have to air it. So they'll have them like go say go sit on this rock, on you know on overlooking the the ocean, and you have to redo that fight that you had, and you have to sort of bring the same heat of the moment anger you had and relive it so the viewers know what's going so on. So they're basically actors. That's, I mean, I let that slide with contrived reality shows. I know it's happening. I let it slide. Yeah. I I just hate in shows like this, and luckily they save it from us a decent amount, where, like, something happens, somebody misinterprets it, and then it drives the plot forward. I think it's just lazy. Lazy writing. No offense, Josh Schwartz. Uh, Yeah, I don't know about doing this. Like, how often in real life is there, like, some misunderstanding? You would just ask the person right away. You'd be like, hey, what's up? What would happen is something happens unexpected and you're like, oh, that's fucked up. That's weird. You would, before you did any action based off of that assumption that you made, you would at least ask the person just to to get to the bottom of it. You wouldn't then start doing all these things that caused other actions to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you don't mind if, if Marissa and Trey were actually in there hooking up and then Ryan saw it, it'd be like justified of him getting it wouldn't be over a misunderstanding it would be oh no he's actually getting pissed at the actions of these two fucking idiots yes so that that way you're okay with it it's when it's like clear it's a misunderstanding and it could all be solved in five seconds yeah if he just didn't uh, like sulk and drive away like a little bitch it's like the the whole plot of meet the parents is like this yeah it's a lot of misunderstandings it's frustrating to watch and it doesn't happen in real life yeah, that's the best. The best way to summarize it is: I hate when a misunderstanding drives the plot. Yeah, I know. I'm with you. I don't like those either. So, okay, last scene. We got to end it heavy, and then after this, you can lighten it up with an MVP of the week. All right. This last scene here. God damn it, dude. Kirsten. She feels bad. She kissed Carter. Sandy knows something's going on. She's at a bar getting drunk, obviously, because clearly, just so the listeners know and the kids know, kids, 
Kirsten's got a massive drinking problem. She's an alcoholic now. She's using alcohol. She's just drinking straight vodka out of the bottle. We can tell just watching this. We weren't sure like how big her problem is. It's kind of like just starting right now. And I don't know about you, but I was getting a little self-conscious because some of her behavior just didn't seem that bad at first. <laughs> like she was just having, just a passing out many, drunk. <laughs> having a couple too many drinks and taking a nap on the couch. We've done that a lot. Yeah. That's yeah. just kind of pretty standard behavior. But I guess at a certain age when you do that, your husband comes home and you're passed out on the couch with a little drinky poo. Yep. And he starts poo. asking you questions. My first reaction would be like, whoa, back off. Yeah, Just, I have a little drinky poo. Get off my fucking back. I don't know what age that is. Or, well, or maybe, I think it's just that... Uh, she has kids. I think it's just that Sandy knows her personality and knows that something's up. Dude, once you have kids and it starts affecting your life, I think that's the key. Kids, if you can handle your drinking, that's fine. But when it starts to impact your fucking shit in your life, in your decisions you're making, that's when it becomes like an issue. And it's clearly become an issue. She, so this scene, she's in a restaurant. She's drinking by herself. She's still a little fucked up from Carter leaving. She's sad. Like I said, this Kirsten, she needs to win an Emmy because she's playing all these emotions. I mean, you're feeling it, dude. Yeah, she's not even saying a word. She's not saying a word. She's just doing it with her tears, with her facial like expressions. She's just... She's crushing it as an actor. Then there's this scene. She's at a bar. She's wearing Carter's necklace that he gave her. She realizes in that moment, she's like, you know what? This is it. I'm putting an end to this. This shit's over with. She takes the necklace off at the bar. She goes, I'm done. She sets it down. She pays the bill. She gets into her car. First thing she does is she calls Sandy, who's driving around looking for her. Then there's this scene. Hey, where are you? I'm sorry. Oh, honey, it was my fault. You were trying to tell me something. I, I wasn't listening. Just tell me where you are and I'll come pick you up. I'm coming home. I thought it was losing you. Oh, that's never gonna happen. I love you. I love you too. Now pull over and I'll come get you. Oh. Kirsten? Sandy and then she drops her fucking phone. She's obviously driving drunk. She drops her phone. She goes to get it. She goes through a red light. First car misses her. You're like, you breathe a sigh of relief. And then she just gets fucking jackknifed by a fucking trash compactor. At 11 p.m. At 11 p.m. Like, the trash men are out. Like, what's up with that? That's the that morning. usually day. happens in the morning. Yeah, no, that... Uh... It is sad, but I do, I do hate that, uh, and it's it's been popping up more recently when her car flips. By the way, her car he gets she gets it's a bad, jack, it's a bad, it's bad. bad. She it gets jackknifed in the middle of an intersection, and the big truck it flips her fucking car over, and it's it's upside down, and then the episode ends. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say the the close call followed by the actual like hit. 
Yeah, you're, you breathe the sigh. You're like, <gasps> yeah. Oh, thank God. Like that's happened in a couple movies, and I'm I'm blanking on which one it was uh, that I've seen lately, where like somebody has a near miss, and you're like, whew, that was close, and then, they boom, fucking get killed. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Usually Schwartz. the near miss is followed by safety. That's Schwartz, dude. It's cruel. It's cruel, but you know what? It builds it. It builds it right up, and it shows the kids, kids. Don't drink and drive. Don't drink and drive, kids. Don't do it. Especially if you have a fucking flip phone, kids. God damn it. Didn't even have hand-free phones in 2005. I mean, I blame this wreck on the technologies, dude. I mean, fuck. If this was 2018, at least she could be hands-free. Talking to Sandy. Saying, hey, you know. Yeah, you're right. This is totally the flip phone's fault. I blame the technologies. Could have had the Bluetooth going. Alright, let's wrap. A heavy episode, but... We got to do it. We had to get it out there for the kids, and, and we had to just do it. We had to do it. By the way, I'm giving Kirsten MVP, and it's not for her drinking and driving skills. Because those are not MVP it's worthy. It's for the emotional weight that she's bringing to this, this show. I Cause, love that, because I was saying the whole episode, I was thinking, like, this actress, I mean, fucking roll out the fucking Emmy Awards. Stand aside, fucking Brian Cranston. You know, move aside. Because Kirsten Cohen's here to stay. Yeah. She crushed it. She just simply crushed it. And she took a bad beating at the end of this. Big time car crash. And I think she deserves it. Anything else? That's all I got. Alright, let's wrap it there. I think we're gonna... I think on our next episode, we're gonna, we're gonna all crescendo this all. We're gonna button all up the OC. Maybe bring Zerb in. Sounds cool. He's got he's got a list of uh, some picking nits. He's got some nits he wants to pick with us on all of our OC stuff. So something to look forward to is we're gonna find out what we fucked up on over the last like twenty podcast episodes. I can't imagine there's been much. Probably probably nothing. <laughs> it's gonna be hard to find shit that we fucked up on. Vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com. Hit us up. Hit us up. We'll wrap it there. And we're wishing the kids Merry Christmas to the kids. Mm-hmm. Have a good night. And as always, do less. Do so much less. To hear more episodes, follow us at Vicarious Living on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there. He's just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there. Just not pictured.